Today's episode is sponsored by Houston's Training and Fitness Center in our hometown of Harrow, Ontario. Recently purchased by Mike and Jamie Houston, it is located in the same building as the Harrow Arena. For only $30 a month, you can be a member of a judgment-free gym with everything you need for a great workout. They also have personal training available with certified strength and conditioning trainers, sick custom apparel like hats, shirts, hoodies, and more. They even stock some Canadian protein supplements like pre-workout and protein in a variety of flavors. Check them out at www.houstonstfc.com or visit them on Instagram and Facebook to learn more. And what is going on, everybody? It is episode number 57 of Hat Trick Hockey, which is always brought to you by our good friends over at GL Heritage, the official beer of Hat Trick Hockey. And if you like my shirt right here, if you like that, you can just go on any of our posts, click the link, bring you right into our merch store where you can get all your sweet HGH merch from our friends over at Laser Art. Rob, this being episode number 57, this is the fucking Tyler Myers edition. He was drafted 12th overall by the Sabres in 08. He's played 13 years in the league, 758 games, 86 goals, 221 assists, 307 points, world junior gold. He's won WHL championship. And also in the 2010 season, he was the NHL rookie of the year. Good stats. Bring in my boy, my line mate, Rob. How was your weekend, buddy? Good. Uh, is is that good though? That Tyler Myers? Yeah, he's still playing. Still Crazy. playing. He's a tall bastard too. That guy. He's huge. Yeah, he's a beast. Uh, I I had a great weekend. Uh, I had my uh, cornhole finals. Didn't do so well. Kind of shit the bed. But uh, what yeah. happened? You win as a team, you lose as a team. <laughs> what right happened? Uh, we we had it set up that we were <laughs> we were in good uh, good graces with uh, the cornhole gods and uh, just couldn't get it done. <laughs> it just was kidding. fucking horrible. Oh man, that's yeah. crazy. Win, lose lose the first one, win the second one, lose the third one, done, bro. But. Uh, that being said, we did finish uh, six out of twenty. So oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Top t- top ten, baby. Top ten, top ten. What else you do? So, um, then uh, you know, I, I go to those med club meetings uh, on uh, Fridays. You know, mm-hmm. to solve all world problems there. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Uh, we end up uh, getting after it and going to uh, Ricky Garon's for some drinky booze. And uh, I met a whole bunch of people that listen to the show. Awesome. And it was awesome. They're all great people. I didn't even know half of them listened to the show, <laughs> but I knew like three quarters of them. But awesome. They're all great, great locals. You know, we had a blast, and then Love we ended up uh, closing up the peacock. the peacock. The peacock. I gotta go there with you one night. I haven't. I haven't even went yet. Bro, it was awesome. It, it, it's kind of like uh, an episode from Friends, but not drinking coffee. You're drinking <laughs> beers and shit, and there's couches. Yeah. And it's awesome. I love. I love the bar. I love the bar. That is pretty sweet. I'm gonna get them as a sponsor too. I promise you that. 
we could definitely uh, do some interviews and stuff in there. That'd be pretty cool. We it like doing that. Great. It would be great. Sick. What else you do? Yeah, all those people that don't like the peacock because it's uh, <laughs> it's more the people say, oh, it's a biker bar. It's a you know what? Nobody fucks with bikers. If you don't fuck with them, they won't fuck with you. Yeah. You know, and, and you're probably in the safest place. Definitely. Definitely. So they grab you, you, you start being an ass, and they, they just they fire you out. <laughs> done and done. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious what else is it or is that it or uh spent yesterday poolside with Misty. I, I had another rough go there uh friday night so that, yeah uh just probably something you ate again eh? didn't do too much on saturday took it kind of easy peasy and uh sunday spent at poolside oh man what a beautiful day like mm -hmm. nice and warm pool was just uh what do you call it uh refreshing yeah it was just at a perfect 80 degrees so oh that's balls jump in cool off yeah yeah it was awesome me and misty were floating around on the uh <laughs> on the uh floaties and uh i think she might have fallen asleep <laughs> then she didn't but i i really think she did <laughs> yeah fun. all in all was it was a great great weekend uh but uh, you you went to uh, play some ball, eh? Oh, let me oh, fucking tell you. Oh, well, so we go up Friday night, me, Steph, and the kids. And so we go up and uh, so we get an 8.30 draw. So we win our first game. We lose our second game. And then we won our third game. Here's the thing. Those three games were played back to back to back out of all the years I've played fucking super series of all the years I've played super series. I've never played back to back to back games to open up a tournament. If we would have lost, we would have been out by like noon. Like we would have been done by noon. Thank like, thankfully we didn't, but so here's, this is what kills me about super series. Okay. It drives me insane. Cause so it turns out, so we play, we play a team, by the way, shout out to all the angels out there. Cause these guys fucking battled this weekend. It was hot as fuck. Um, so it turned out, so we win the, or win, lose, win. And then this team comes back to play us. The team we played the first game comes back to play us. They're now zero and two. We're two and one. And if they, and if they beat us, we're out. Ain't that some shit. <laughs> so we are like, Thankfully, again, we beat them. So now we're three and one. And then we play. So then they would have been what? Two and one? They, they would have been what? The team that we beat the, the third game or the fourth, the fourth game? game. Fourth the fourth game. game was a team that we played the first game. Right. So they were, game? but when they came back, they were 0 and 2. And we were, we had played three. But yeah, if they would have won that game against us, they would have knocked us out and they would have been one and two and still in. <laughs> okay, so that's that's how weird it is, okay? So we play one we play one of the other Windsor teams. Uh Bowery. So we we played them, we won 17-16. So then we went on to the next game and we were just out of gas, man. Like we were four and one. We had played five games, we were dead. On the Saturday. 
on the Saturday. So we played pretty much back to back to back to back games, like almost all day. We had like maybe an hour break. Like we, they were, we were barely getting enough time to like go grab something to drink or take a piss or grab something to eat quick. Like we didn't get a lot of time. Like they didn't, they didn't, it was shitty for us. And uh, so we were like, how does this work? Like, so the team, and so I look up yesterday, the team that lost in the finals was four and two. We were four and two. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's a complete mess. Like, I don't know how they, they should just go back to the way it was, or it was just like a straight up two game knockout. You lose two games, you're done. You know who should set up the schedule? Evan Malarja. I know. I agree. He's an absolute yeah. G when it comes to that. And you know what's funny? It's it's so funny that you guys all drive up there. And how many teams from Windsor are in your division? I think like five or six. Five? Right. I think five, yeah. You guys couldn't do that here? We could have our own circuit here. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why you got to go all the way up to London and they get fucking hosed mm-hmm. and then come all the way back here. Yeah. The thing is, though, is like. You can set that up in McGregor every weekend almost. Yeah. But yeah, luckily, there's a, luckily, whatever. yeah, luckily there was only four, like four events this year. So, but it's just nuts. But yeah, so I'm sore as hell today. I played every inning of every game. So my thighs hurt, my hips are hurting, my shoulder hurts. Like I was like, man, I can't keep doing this shit much longer, man. Like I'm just, I don't want to wake up sore after I play a sport. It's just, it sucks, but I love it. So, though. so I, I quit ball and i just golf now and the only thing i wake up hurting is my head <laughs> i'm gonna slowly transition into that but uh but yeah that's pretty much how it went and then just sunday we just spent poolside so nice it was good at mom pause yeah we we ended up we uh stayed over into sunday anyways like we played our last game at like six o'clock so we pretty much played from 8 30 to 6 like all day six games <laughs> good times but then, yeah, so I we never lo- played six games in one day in yeah. London. It sucks, dude. It sucks. It yeah, and then Sunday we were just by the pool all day, so it was good. And then, but so, so shall so let we? Let me ask you this. Yeah. Let me ask you this. It, it, was was the tournament just a one day event? No. If we would have won at six o'clock, we would have had to play again at eight thirty. And if we would have won that game, then we would have got into Sunday. So we would have had to been six and one to go into Sunday and then turn around on Sunday and have to win five more straight to win it. That's fucking bananas. So we would have had to been 11 and one to win that tournament. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's just like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But shout out though, those boys, man, we fucking battled this weekend. And uh, we were probably three times we were down by eight or more and came back. Did Nate Grant go up with you? Yeah, Nate was up there. We had like pretty much full full squad. Nice. So it was all hands on deck, but yeah. So the boys are grinding it out, but <laughs> it's gonna take a while to heal up here. So let's go to the hockey. Let's do some hockey. I seen today Katahat is how they say it, right? Um signed a new three year deal, three year extension in Philly, eleven point nine million. I would say that's pretty well where you thought it would be, no? Or do you think it'd be it'd be higher? So he's like almost he's almost four million a year. Okay, let me ask you this: Did he have a great year last year? 
He's decent. But weren't there all kinds of uh, like everybody was up in the air? Oh, has he lost it? Like I remember that at the beginning of the year where he was struggling. Mm-hmm. Well, and they didn't. They they didn't exactly have a big scoring punch either too right like they had a kind of an off year like philly's normally big and tough and fast and we'll just... Reamsdyke, he had a save percentage of 877 yeah that's an off year he had a 3.67 um goals, goals against. against how how many yeah. games did he play nine wins 11 losses five ties oh ouch so and okay so so they're expecting a Big bounce back here. Yeah, big bounce but, back. <laughs> right? But, but so, so that, what it, how much did he get? He got um, about four, four, just under four, four a year. Four a year. Yeah. So I guess that's not bad. It's not horrible. Not, I think, but you, well, you better hope he has a Bennington year uh, next year. He's due for a breakout year. I'll tell you that. Wouldn't you say so? I don't know. I thought he had his breakout year last year. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe. Well, last year was kind of a weird year too, right? Shortened season, yeah. COVID, shit like that. Maybe uh, freaking coming in with a fresh start, new new deal, everything. Maybe he'll be like good to go. He'll lock in. He was he last year. He was 24, 24 and thirteen and three, and he had a save percentage of nine fourteen, and he had a goals against at, at his best year in the three years that he's played for. Uh, at 2.42. So that's a kind of a big, big shift change, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We're going to find it's out. Only, only time will tell, man. Right. Did you see, too, John Cooper, Lightning head coach, is named the 2022 Team Canada head coach for the Olympics. And congratulations. And so he should be. Yeah, so that's kind of straightforward, right? Back-to-back Stanley Cups, like, come on. And, yeah, like, and, who knows? Uh, the assistant coaches are uh, Peter Dubor and the bald guy that was a coach in Washington and uh, um, Bruce Boudreaux in Montreal at one time. Bruce Boudreaux? Boudreaux, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was one more, I can't remember – off the top of my head who it was but but uh, still look yeah, at that staff that's right a, hell there. Of a hell of a coaching staff right jesus <laughs> i would say so are you seeing everything i'm seeing online right now rob is uh is jack eichel jack eichel jack eichel everything are you seeing all this stuff on him no i don't follow oh dude okay drop something there so it appears that the Rangers, Kings, Bruins, and Ducks are the ones that appear to be in on them right now. Yep. But however, they're saying that the Rangers are the front runner. So with them being the front runner, there's names like Capo Caco, Georgiev, Lafreniere, Zabanajad. Like some of those names could be involved in the deal with picks, I would assume, or future considerations or you know, all that crazy stuff that they do in these deals, right? Um, not altogether. Not altogether. No, 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 no. You won't see all those guys. 
like in on the deal. You, but you might see like one or two and some draft picks. Right. Because let's Capo Caco. Capo Caco. Yeah. But they, but they were saying that, uh, that like, they're really interested in draft picks. Like Buffalo wants a lot of draft picks. What? So So they can ruin it. A whole bunch more careers, like so, just so they could try to rebuild with young kids. So I don't know what what would you think seeing one of those guys involved in a deal, especially like Lafreniere. Like, imagine that you get drafted first overall, you play like a year, year and a half, or whatever, two years in the NHL for the Rangers, and then you get dealt to Buffalo. So why 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 can't it go? You know, our first round for your first round. I get it. He was, he's established now. Michael is a fucking demon. Mm-hmm. He's a beast, but he has neck issues too, though. And, and Lafreniere has knee issues, mm-hmm. right? So I'll trade you one knee for a neck. <laughs> I don't, he, that's either a limb or your neck. <laughs> like, right. I'll trade you so, my knee for your neck. Oh, that's brutal. You said, but, uh, and anybody could the career could be over, right? Like yeah. one hit, one knee on knee. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah, who knows? Oh, yeah. I, 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 would, I would be. Yeah, I I would be a little weary about trading for Eichel. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. That's what You're why a lot of teams obviously. But, but that's why a lot of teams are really hesitating because of that neck, man. Like if he has to have surgery, that's months out, like months. Well, you got to pass um, your physical, right? Yeah. So I don't have to do shit. I can, I can bring him in and, mm-hmm. and my doctor is going to go up and down. Yeah. You know, yeah. But think about rehab probing. and stuff though. There's going to be a lot of probing. <laughs> hey, but like, think about rehab on a neck, man. No, that can't be like, weeks like that's probably months i didn't like rehab on my ankle and it, it really broke imagine it on your net wouldn't be fun you said there was a there was a ottawa senators goalie that retired which which one was that again ah fuck <laughs> uh, i just saw um been in the league quite a while too right um just scrolling what oh where it is Anders Nielsen retires after, oh, shit. He <laughs> retired uh, at 31 due to post-concussion syndrome. Oh, yeah. I hate seeing guys have to leave the league for that. Well, you know what? I played goalie once in my entire life. I got hit in the calf with the puck. Like I said, mm-hmm. no more. Mm-hmm. And these guys are taking shots in the head. Guys crashing the net. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, how the fuck? I, I I couldn't imagine being a goalie. But you know, there's a lot of awesome guys out there that that do play that game. And you know what? People should respect a goalie because without goalies, you don't have a game. Imagine getting those ones off the collarbone. Those are the ones that I think would be the worst. No, I broke my collarbone, and I I didn't like that. No, it like sucks. That. It sucks. <laughs> Also, Patty Maroon. Hold on one second, though. He's had stints with the New York Islanders, the St. Louis Blues, the Edmonton Oilers, the Vancouver Canucks, and the Buffalo Sabres. That's where he got fucking Mm -hmm. Buffalo. Yeah. Always blame it on Buffalo, eh, Rob? 
Hey, so it's the all they don't have the all dressed chips. I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, so Patty Maroon is like the guy. Me too. Love his love his game. So he was yep. saying that that there's like a good chance that they could fucking three peat. Do you think they could? Here's the no, thing, though, man. That third line. Who was on that third line? It was Gord. Uh, I don't know, but there was three. Their third line. I'm trying to think who the other two were. It's completely slipping my mind, but I know Gord was one of them. But their third line during the playoffs was huge for them. Yeah, like they, he, they were they, the best third line, I think, in the in the in the playoffs. Yeah, but now they don't have any of them. No, I, Gord's gone, right? But the other two are gone too. I'm trying to think who it is. It's slipping my mind. I had it in my head well, too, but I I know Gord is one of them for sure. But they had like, do you think they can do it without those guys? Because that would those guys were key. But then again, they brought in Corey Perry. Yanny Gord, they lost. Tyler Johnson, they lost. Uh, Blake Coleman, they lost. I think uh, Gord, they lost. I think those are the three. That's but that's the one. Uh, Corey Perry, mm-hmm. Zach Bogosian, yeah, uh, Pierre Balmary, Balmary. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> It's just nice to hear you butcher names for once. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. If, if, if uh, Fat Pat gets out there, I think, I think they'll be all right. I'd put him with Corey Perry. That would be a beast of a line there. There's going to be so many penalties. Put those two together. Let them go out there and just wreak havoc on the league. Dude. I can't not I cannot believe that Montreal let Corey Perry go. I can't. Maybe they wanted to sign him and he got a of anybody on that team. Maybe he didn't want to sign there. Next to Carey Price. Next to Carey Price. (laughs) Yeah. I just mean maybe he didn't want to sign. Yeah. It's possible, right? Well, I'm gonna go live in Tampa Bay or I'm gonna live in Montreal. Yeah. And you'd probably have a better shot at winning the cup in Tampa, right? Well, one you got beautiful weather. The other one you got eight feet of well, snow. Pole <laughs> dancers, the strippers. That's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Me neither. Hey, did you see? Did you see the ticket fucking Darnell Nurse got? I did not. Ginormous tick. Eight years, seventy-four. Seventy-four mil. Kenny, Kenny Holland loves flinging out those big deals, eh? Wow. That's a lot of dough. That guy is a fucking beast. What is that he, one, like six? Like, the guy's enormous. That one game that they had, that he's one. probably like, one of the meanest guys, too, out there, right? Oh, he scraps out. He's, he'll fight anybody. The, remember that one game that they had that was, like, super long during, like, he played, like, 60 minutes or something the one night yeah, he played he played a full game yeah like that's nuts dude i'd be throwing up be all cramped up that'd be but so so he's gonna make 9.25 million a year right nine and a quarter a year would you would you think he's worth that or do you think it's a little bit of an overpayment (sighs) i don't know uh 
He only trails uh, Eric Eric Carlson and Drew Doughty mm. for uh, oh and, and Seth sorry Seth Jones. Mm. Um, he's a page he's a, yeah, he's a force, man. Eric Carlson makes eleven point five million. Drew Doughty makes eleven. Uh, oh, sorry. Carlson has fell off. You hardly heard about him last year. What is it? Zach Warinowski? Warjanowski? Warensky? Warensky. Yeah. Columbus Blue Minus Jackets? Two. Minus two. Yeah. Uh, 9.58. Yeah. He's and, worth every uh, cent, every penny. Seth Jones makes 9.5. Yeah. But remember what I said. You can't win a cup if you have a $10 million player. Hasn't happened in history. Yeah. Oh, did you see freaking uh, freaking tartar sauce there? Signed two. Yeah, signed a two-year deal with the Devils, nine mil for four point five per. The Habs had him fucking health bombed half the time. Yeah, yeah, he was a healthy scratch a bunch of times. He hardly Which played. I can in- understand that he, he's a hell of a hockey player. He is, but, but you know. Um, his hands are ridiculous. The GM's name. What's that? What's the GM's name there? Um, uh, uh, and where? New Jersey? In Montreal. Uh, Red Suit. Bergevin? Yeah. yeah. Does Bergevin make the guy sit or does the coach make the guy sit? I would imagine it's the coach making a lineup decision. Hmm. And, then, and then they lost. He's got man. He I was. I thought he's a hell of a hockey player. Hell of a I hockey. I loved him with the wings. He was awesome there. Kind of wish they would almost brought him back on like a one year deal or something like that. You know what I mean? See what happens. Well, Tartar had the sauce, right? He does. And also, before we go into our interview here, did you seen too that Mark Andre like Flurry? was up in the air about just calling it quits in hockey when he got traded into the Blackhawks, eh? Like, he was really contemplating it. Okay, so so actually, before he got traded, he was contemplating quitting, uh, retiring. Yeah, just done. So it wasn't – it had nothing to do with Montreal. I read the story on it, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, he said it had nothing to do. But now that he's in uh, – Sorry, Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. Now that he's in Chicago, loves it. How loves sick it. is he gonna look in fucking in those jerseys? And you know he's gonna like. They're gonna be a legit contender again, man. Having him in net is huge. And then you got Jonathan Taves is gonna hopefully be back, and Kane and the Doc brothers, and I think the Jones brothers are there now too, right? We were talking about them too. Like they're gonna be freaking. They're gonna be good. They're gonna have. They're going to have their vets. They're going to have speed. They're going to have goaltending. They're going to have fucking goal scoring. They're Well, and they dumped that big old contract with uh, Duncan Keith. Yeah. When he went over to the Oilers, he got another huge ticket over there. I think we talked about that a couple episodes ago. But, yeah, man, like, it's going to be interesting, man. It's going to be interesting. Chicago, look out. Get excited. Now's the time because it's going to be. And we're, we're right around the corner. And another thing I wanted to tell you is that uh, 
the 73s camp opens up on the hold on one second you think they'll uh they'll let us go in there and watch some of the scrimmages i think <laughs> we're kind of connected now <laughs> so yeah um the tent or no sorry what does he got because regular season starts early October for them, right? Or mid-October. Right. But I, I I sent uh, a message to, uh, oh, it's the uh, 17th and the 19th. Of this month? Yep. Really, eh? That quick. So next Tuesday and the Tuesday after that. Oh, see, the boys are back. Yep. And I'm Good, going. man. I'm going. Oh. I'm going to watch. Yeah, we're definitely going to some games. We we gotta maybe. Uh, I, I'm I'm gonna go watch the mini camps. Oh, watch. I want it too. We'll backdoor it. We'll figure it out. Oh, eh, Rob. <laughs> yeah, we want some. <laughs> I got a hey, I got a shirt to the fucking heavyweight champ out here. <laughs> Blood free. I'll give it to you after. I'm uh, very excited. I'm very excited to see some local hockey. You Me know? too, and I'm excited to be able to go there and, and watch met, the boys. And we, we've met and we've talked to all of these guys and and uh they're all total buttes you know yeah. like i i can't wait to get out to wheatley and lee and um amsburg and uh what was the other one um bro we're, bro, we're yeah. going on tour we're going on tour yeah yeah, yeah we're, yeah. we're trust me we're gonna hit some games this winter oh yeah for show so that being said should we flip over to our interview? Absolutely. Dude, everybody seriously enjoy this interview. It's nuts. It's, it's everywhere. <laughs> We're everywhere. But honestly, this man is, uh, he's been everywhere. He's fought his way up. He was an amazing guest. He was very open to everything. Anything that we asked him. Um, he was funny. He was very informative. Just a fucking butte, <laughs> like right. Dude, and, he, was, he was Johnny Cash of the OHL for fuck's sakes. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, that was the first time I swore. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so good at that. So we're gonna flip it over to him right now. Our boy, the sheriff, Sean McMorrow. Enjoy. Total butte. Roll it. Delta. man. And gentlemen. This next guy on here with us is as tough as they come. He's played OHL, AHL, NHL, Quebec League. He's played overseas. He was also drafted by the Sabres as well. He had one season where he had over 500 minutes in the box. He fought 62, yes, 62 times in the same season. Let's welcome to the show the Sheriff, Sean McMorrow. Sean, what's up, man? Not too much, guys. I'm just excited to be here with you, kind gentlemen. Um, it's an honor for me to be on the show with you guys. So thank you so much for having me. Dude, thank you so much for sitting down with us. When I seen like like your uh, brother-in-law, I believe, reached out to us. And uh, I had heard of you, but I like wasn't sure like of everything about you. And I started like looking you up and in info and everything. And I was just like like two minutes later i sent him a text i was like tell him that we would love to talk to him <laughs> <laughs> well i appreciate that man um yeah like my brother-in-law is doing a great job 
uh, being part of the small elite team of the Sheriff podcast behind the scenes. And, you know, the great thing is you guys could probably tell by having your guys having your own show is when you do a show, a lot of stuff comes out of it. Like, you know, you, you make really good connections with people. You get to do things that not normally maybe you wouldn't have been able to do. And one of the things for me is I'm able to be really close with my brother-in-law because we're doing this together. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so yeah. So like, I'm just, I'm just blessed to be a part of this process and I'm happy to be uh, a, a guest on your guys show That's instead awesome, of me man. stressing out on my own show. <laughs> awesome. And Hey, the best part too, is that man right there, Rob is my brother-in-law. So right we on together too. Yeah. So you guys know exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. So same thing, man. Yeah. You put up with your brother-in-law's bullshit. I put up with my brother-in-law's bullshit. I guess. I, there you go, man. <laughs> there you go <laughs> you guys are funny man so you uh did you grow up out west or were you just born out west so i was born in vancouver on the, on the west coast of canada and my family moved to toronto when i was six years old so okay. i had a short part of my upbringing in van city but the majority of my upbringing was in scarborough a suburb of toronto yeah beauty and that's beautiful area, beautiful mm -hmm. area. And that's probably obviously where you played a lot of your freaking like hockey growing up, this and that travel, obviously. Right. Yeah. Like, like luckily for me guys, like I played for a triple a team that had this incredible coach that wanted to ha have a team that did the most tournaments and like just kind of had the most fun. It was yeah. the Don Mills Flyers AAA team, which is one of the, you know, dominant Toronto AAA teams. And I was fortunate enough to make the team from novice. And I played on this team every single year from nine years old to 15, except for one year I played for Wexford Raiders. So, oh. um, yeah, man, it was pretty consistent for me. Um, strong group of parents. As you guys know, being hockey guys, like when you play minor hockey, like, Usually there's another set or two of parents that help with the driving and all that type of stuff. And, you know, you create uh, lifelong friendships through that as well. Right, guys. So yeah. I um, I was fortunate enough to, to just be in a really good situation with minor hockey in Toronto. Awesome. Yeah. Hockey's one great big family, wouldn't you say? Yeah, man, it, it really is. And like, I mean, my family plays like every sport. Like I have a younger brother that is a professional basketball player. I was just talking to him before the show. He's just, he's eight inches taller than me, right guys. He's a legit seven footer and the man, you know, he's played like the better part of 10 years professionally in basketball and, you know, basketball has uh, like a camaraderie as well, but hockey just seems because of the emotion, because mm -hmm. of the fact that, you know, hockey is only one of two sports in the world guys that, that allows, you know, to somewhat degree police our own game. I, mm -hmm. I mean, a lot less now than, than 15, 20 years ago, <laughs> yeah. but, but it's a very unique sport. And I think because it's so fast and so emotional and so passionate that it's just a bigger team sport than the other ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100% there. Hey, did, did you ever play any, any like high school hockey or anything before you went like junior? Where did you play at? Oh yeah. So I, I went to my local high school in grade nine, which was Pope John Paul II, which is in Scarborough um, military trail in Morningside. It's my local high school, man. It, 
it's got it's got every walk of life going through that building man like that's the unique thing about toronto is it's a melting pot and you got you got rich areas beside middle class areas beside really poor areas beside kind of poor areas like you know yeah. what i mean you, you got everybody so my local high school was a great experience because again like you're walking the hallways of every walk of life and that's how the world's gonna be once you get out of high school so that's mm -hmm. the type of high school that you want to you want to be in but anyway I know I'm blabbering on, but to get to the point, <laughs> in grade nine, I played for the high school team in Pope. And the reason why it was so important to me was I just played so well for the team that I actually won the MVP, right? And I was in grade mm -hmm. nine. And so this was a team that, you know, obviously, you know, for grade grade 12s, pretty much it should be all, all of, right? Yeah. And I'm, here I am, a, a niner, and, you know, playing for the Don Mills Flyers. And, you know, just proud to put on the Pope John Paul uniform. And I, I don't even remember how well we did. I know we didn't win the championship or anything, but I think we were a good team. You know, probably had a winning record, but didn't win any titles. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, and I won the MVP at the awards ceremony at the end of the school year. And, and I'll never forget that because I was very, I worked really hard for that. And I was very proud of it. And, and whenever you get an award, it's not really about the award. But the award represents how much passion and time went into whatever it is you won the award for. Mm -hmm. So it reminds you, it's like, it's like reading a detailed book. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It just reminds you. And, and so, it, yeah, when you, when you first asked me that, I had a smile on my face right away because <laughs> I, that Pope team, man. And I, yeah. that was the only high school team I was on because, well, I shouldn't say that because in grade 10, I actually got accepted to St. Michael's College School in Toronto. And the cool thing about that was it was the first year that the St. Michael's majors were the OHL team in the, like in the Ontario hockey league, like for the, the Toronto team was, yeah. was St. Mike's. Right. So it, it was a very unique situation, but I got to see it firsthand in the hallways. Nice. Right. So it's awesome, man. I, I played for that school as well. So Pope and St. Mike's. Yeah. Just so you know, Rob too's one. Tell him about your award, Rob. Oh, I won SO. uh, most improved player three times in a year in house league. <laughs> hey man. Hey, listen, man. I put the work in. I put the work in. Rob. Now I know if you're joking. Can, but... John, if we, if we can rewind for a, a couple seconds here. Okay. How did you get started in hockey? You know, being, I get it being in the Toronto area, but you, you have a strong uh, basketball area. You have a strong hockey area, baseball, like all that. What, what brought you to hockey? Well, to be honest with you guys, I was got, I was brought into hockey from Sheila McMorrow, my mother. Now, at that time, I was five turning six because I have a January birthday. So I always, my birthday's always halfway through the hockey season, right? Mm -hmm. And so I definitely wasn't really old enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to enroll in hockey, right? Like it's how at that age, it's everything our parents want us to do is what we do. But I, um, my mom uh, registered me for house leagues in Scarborough, Malvern. And I, that was when I first started playing, buddy. I was, I was skating with one foot. I was, push, I was pushing off one foot. And then that's how it all started, buddy. Mm -hmm. oh, I, I still do it. I still do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Me too sometimes, man. But that'll, but that'll be after the times that I get, really get my bell rung in a fight. You know, I'll yeah. forget how to skate sometimes, right? <laughs> okay, so, so so my second question is, 
So you said you played for um, that that team for from when you were nine till you were fifty. Yeah, Don Mills Flyers. Uh, yeah. What brought you away from that team? Like, what what uh, what got you away from that team that you played for so long for that you end up going and playing for uh, the next team? Well, pretty much how it works with the minor hockey system in Toronto is if you're a kid that's at the highest level, which would be playing AAA, like the Domino's Flyers for me, um, that would go from nine years old till you're 15 to when you were the Bantam age. Now, right. you can continue playing at that level. You know, there would be minor midget, midget. And, and I think it's even, even added another year as well, like since I've, I've left that because I'm really old now, guys, right? But pretty much the next that's, step. That's cute. That's cute. The next step for me was to play Tier 2 Junior A the season before my OHL year because if you went that route, then that was like, you know, the kind of the fast track route that players were doing that were expected to go to the OHL. So right. the AAA level with Don Mills was as far as 15 at Bantam. And then the expectations for someone that expected to go to the OHL, you got to be a 16-year-old rookie in the Junior A Provincial Tier 2 level in Ontario if you plan on being a high pick in the OHL. And, and that's what I did. And, and, and it really worked out well for me because mm -hmm. that was a part of my career that was right on point. Like yeah. I, I was right... I was like, like any, anybody that played in the NHL, their route was the route that I was taking at this point. So mm -hmm. it, it was really good what I was doing. And, 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 you know, I attest to my family, um, the support, my mom, like, I don't even, like, I look back now guys of like, you know, the team that I was in, you know, I mentioned all the tournaments and stuff. Like, I don't even know how my mom was able to do it. I could only imagine how she was able to wing it all because there not only was me, but there was Patrick McMorrow, three years younger than me, that was also a AAA hockey player for the North York Canadians. And then there was this, this huge avatar seven foot brother that I have now, <laughs> Liam McMorrow, who was the baby and he played for Don Mills too. Yeah. Right. So there was three of us. There was That's three awesome. of us, man, playing AAA. And my mom wasn't remarried yet. So it was still a single parent family. That's crazy, right. So, man. and my sister played too, but I'm just talking about the triple A. Right. Yeah. So man, I don't know how she did it, man, but, but like it was, she did it and I'm thankful. And at, as a result, we were all able to play really competitive hockey and a team sport, which made our childhood so much better. Mm -hmm. That's, that's fantastic. Why, Here, yeah. Here's the hockey moms. Yeah, right? I was yeah. just going to say. Hockey there was, you go. I was just going to say, and that's yeah. why hockey moms are the best. <laughs> that's they it, are. guys. That's it. That's they awesome. Really, that that answers really my are. question perfectly. So you had your career mapped out, and you went the route that you, it was, you were supposed to go. Yeah. From that point, for sure. Yeah. That's crazy, man. You also, when you that's went awesome. in. That's that awesome. You knew that young that this is what I'm going to do. Well, I mean, like the, the, the thing, this is the thing, like, and, and it's interesting that, that we're talking about it like this because it's, it's a great talking point. And the system, the system of hockey, right? Like what I'm talking about right now, like a kid, like name any kid. Let's give a good example, a really high draft pick, Jason Spezza. Mm -hmm. He was a guy that I played with, was only one year younger than me. Let's use him as an example. 
Jason Spezza knew that he was going to play a long time in the NHL. He was a phenom when he was a kid, right? So he played triple A till the age I'm talking about. But the only difference is, is instead of going to tier two, Jason Spezza was a 15 year old double underager playing in the OHL, right? So he was even one step fast tracked more than the regular NHL, right? So, but the system of hockey is almost like automatic is what I'm trying to say. Like if you're expected to go to OHL, like I said, you're playing that tier two junior A year as a 16 year old. But if you're going to go the the division one scholarship route, you know what I mean? You're playing in that, in that league for a a solid two, three, four seasons Mm -hmm. until your grades are good enough to, to be able to get that scholarship. Right. So it's interesting how it all works out. It's not really the player, like in this case, me knowing exactly the moves I have to do. It's just this system overhaul that guys just naturally go towards that guys have done like before them that have been successful going to each route. So yeah, man, it's, it's, um, I can't even really explain how it works, but it it just works like that. The system is deep in hockey and the culture is real. Mm -hmm. I, I think you did explain it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so it was awesome. It was now awesome. I know why. Now so I know upset. why you're on this show, my man. I know why you're on this show, man. You you make things loose and happy and really good energy, brother. You're bringing here, man. I, I, I love doing this. I love meeting new people. I love uh, like uh, even having uh, just the regular the hometown guys on here. It's so much fun. I, I just I enjoy every minute of it and a good friend of ours uh that follows the show said to me what would you rather have would you rather have an autograph from one of these guys or would you rather have a story and a hundred percent i'd rather have a story you know and that's what makes it so great Mm -hmm. i feel the same i feel the same way but but i gotta add to what you just said a little bit my man you're saying oh it's cool to have these you know hometown guys Man, I, I looked up your guys' show before I came on. You guys have had some huge guests, man. Yeah. Really big, man. What do you mean? Oh, little lo- local hometown guys. <laughs> Buddy, you guys are blockbuster, man. You yeah, guys got to be proud, man. We're uh, what are doing you guys, okay. 65. Well, how many episodes are you guys in now? Uh, this, 55. Yeah, 55. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, man, you guys are you guys are doing really good, man. You guys have a lot to be proud of. Thank and you, that's man. why that's that. why I'm proud to be on here, man. Is because I looked it up. I'm like, man, this ain't no joke, man. I better be on my, I better be on my most entertaining behavior. <laughs> the sheriff bringing the Yeah, he's bringing it. This is a privilege. <laughs> hey, man. So I also noticed when you, went, when when you went into the O, you kind of you were everywhere in the O. Like you played for a lot yeah. of teams. Like how did all that yeah. work out, man? It was. Um, it's funny because like, you know, like with your buddies and stuff, like, you know, you, you, you chirp each other and, you know, you got the friendly banter and, you know, all the, all that kind of stuff. And like, so like my buddies, like, like, yeah, like, man, you, you look at that. Like I played for six teams, man. Right. That's a lot. Right. But I'll tell you how it happened though. And I mean, half of them was just in one season being involved with that Mississauga ice dogs team with Jason Spezza. Uh-huh. Man, Don Cherry, man, it was one of the best experiences being a part of that team. The only problem is, is that the year that I was there was just one of the worst years that they had. 
right? But it was still the same people a couple years later when they started being respectable, right? Mm -hmm. But just the year I was there, you know, I was there. My buddy Dan Sullivan was there. Brian McGratton, the big urn, he was there that mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Chad Chad Wiseman, you know, obviously Spez. Um, you know, we had a guy, Omar Enafadi, that was just like a phenom. I don't even know what happened to that guy. You know, but but like, yeah, I mean, we had um, Michael Mole in net. You know, he won that uh, that wow. reality show of getting the invite to the NHL camp. That yeah. the, it was it was a reality show oh, they had yeah, in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I remember I that. that. Yeah, Michael Mole won it, man. And he That's played nuts. with me on yeah, man. He played with me on that Mississauga team too. So I mean, it was a great experience. Rick Vive, famous 50 goal scorer. Rick Vive was our coach. But we just we just we, we were a young team. We just couldn't win. We had a bunch of big names, but but it just wasn't working out. And then Spezza demanded the trade because he needed to be on a team that was good because he was rated to go in the top two. It was either him or Kovalchuk, man. Him or Kovalchuk, right? Yeah. So if he can't be on a last place team in the OHL and expected to go first. So he gets traded to Windsor. Windsor gives five players back for Spezza. <laughs> Obviously, rosters need to be like there has to be roommates yeah. so like a third of the team was traded because Spezza trade right so the thing is though is because this fire sale was going on there was a lot of teams that were throwing out offers I was supposed to go to the London Knights right off the hop but Mississauga wanted more so they traded me to Kingston so I get to Kingston I play seven games I'm there for about three weeks and then London just gets me from Kingston because they were trying to get me from Mississauga. And it was the Hunter brothers, um, um, Dale and Mark Hunter. They had bought the London Knights. I was with Mark in Sarnia. He drafted me. So mm-hmm. it was like one of my, it was my original draft guy getting me back on a new team that he bought. Me, and me being involved with the Mississauga Ice Dogs the year that Spezza and the big fire sale. So yeah. like it was just like there was legit reasons for it. But it was just really unlucky man that i kept getting in situations where i was getting traded because i had some great billets every place that i was at all those teams i had a great experience there like i said great billets still keeping contact with all of them and yeah it was blessed to like know what what it was like because like as a player you always wonder like I wonder what it's like to play for this team. I wonder what it's like to play for that team. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, like that's just, it's very common. Like players that are listening to the show, they'll be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I got to experience mm-hmm. six teams, man. So, <laughs> I mean, I got to look at it. Some kind of positive light, right? Yeah. Like I know about six teams in the OHL. Like not too many guys can say that. Yeah. Right. Might be a record. Yeah, John, you're a hot commodity. Yeah. You're but, a popular guy. Popular guy for good and popular guy for bad. Half the team, <laughs> you know what I mean? But but like I said, you know, Brian McGratton, he actually has me beat. He played for more teams than I did. And and then that's and that's that's a big deal. But um, but yeah, OHL was a great experience for me overall. Um it, it's a time of your life where you're learning to be a man, and some of us grow up a little bit quicker than others. You know, me physically, I grew up very fast. Mentally, I didn't, you know what I mean? So I was very immature 19 year old playing for the Oshawa generals thinking that I was Muhammad Ali, you know, doing chants in the, in the arena going, you know, with my hockey stick, boom, 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 boom. The champ is here. Like I had tons of confidence 
at that age. Yeah. And a lot of it was to that Ali movie, man, that where mm-hmm. Will Smith is the is Muhammad Ali. And the, and, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that just reminded I thought, me I thought it was gonna be I am the greatest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, his cameo is is unreal, man. Like I I, I use yeah. a lot of his character stuff um throughout my life. Hey, how was it coming in the Windsor as a visitor in the O? Because we talked to guys and they hated coming to Windsor. Oh man, man, it like you're right. That that's a great question. Windsor was the one arena that I actually remember in pure detail. Like they would have a group that was definitely handpicked to be behind the visitor's bench. <laughs> I, and the thing with me is because the unfortunate <laughs> thing with me in the OHL was I had a reputation of being very tough. And then by my last year, they were giving me like, yeah, he's the toughest guy in the OHL. Like, you know, but like by my 19 year old season. Right. So, but so that's cool, especially if, if that's what you need to do to get to the next level, like I did, right? So yeah. I was able to use that reputation, you know, to help with the Sabres signing me to an entry level contract. And like, so that helped me. But the pressure that I was under because of that title was very hard as a teenager, right? And going into Windsor, man, they really, really, really tested your your mental toughness man because there was some games where it would be a one goal game dude the fourth lines aren't getting out there you know what i mean i'm on the fourth line so they got all of the second period and all of the third period to absolutely rip apart all the guys on the fourth line that aren't seeing the ice Mm -hmm. hey mcmorrow (laughs) Are you going to get out there anytime soon? <laughs> I, I have a, I have a pillow over here. If you need something you know, to support your butt, I know you've been on that wooden bench for a while. Like, trust me, man, they would, man, I, I could say 40, 50 more lines, man, just from the Windsor fans. Like, like it was unbelievable. Like, like as a player, you, you respect the fact that people are using sports to entertain and actually amuse themselves and even if it's at your expense you, you can't hate on it man you can't yeah. hate on it if you're a fan and yeah. i'm a big fan i'm not just a player yeah. guys i'm a big fan of hockey man mm-hmm. and i'm a stat guy too so mm-hmm. like we could go back and forth on stats man <laughs> i'm as big as a fan as you guys man <laughs> That's just funny though. I, I, love, I, I just I, I just started guys. watching hockey when when we started the podcast. So I but the funny the funny thing is, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say the the, the the size of character that you have, buddy, it wouldn't matter what sport you were talking about, bro, it'd be the same result. You're bringing entertainment, yeah. Yeah. you're making people <laughs> smile and laugh, and that's what it's all about, my man. Yeah. Buddy, when, when we end up meeting up, I'll show you a couple toe drags that you could have used in uh, NHL. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You guys will be surprised, man. There was times in my career where I, there was some interesting stuff that happened. And, I, and I'll give you guys an example. Okay. You're talking about toe drags, right, man? Okay. So, okay. So check this out. I played the preseason in the NHL where they were introducing the shootout. Right. So this was after the lockout season, 
they when they changed all the rules made we're pretty much you know starting the grandfathering session of getting all the tough guys out of the league and you know and uh so they 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 were implementing the rule of if an nhl game is tied then it's going to be a shootout now you know what i mean so they wanted to introduce the shootout to the fans so that preseason the first year that they had it no matter what the score was of that preseason game in the NHL, they would have a shootout, just three shooters aside. So now I am blessed with being able to play in my hometown of Toronto. I'm playing for Buffalo Sabres against the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto, Air Canada Centre, Toronto, Canada, where I'm from, okay? Mm. So I'm playing this NHL preseason game, which is like a dream come true. It's the same deal as a regular season game. It's just preseason. Yeah. Same deal, man. Same NHL players. You just got a few AHL guys mixed in there. But yeah. but usually by by like three by the halfway point of preseason, there's hardly any AHL guys left. It's like guys that go on waivers and you know, mm-hmm. and then they end up going to Europe and stuff. Like, yeah. trust me, like, you know, there gets the real deal. And so it was a dream come true. I played five, six preseason games that season. And and like I so I was like on cloud nine for like eight weeks man in september and october mm-hmm. of that year because i was playing a shortened nhl season the preseason like yeah like it was unreal for 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 a hockey guy like me to be able to do that man so um yeah man like so anyway <laughs> i'm so excited about that i i got i got i got off track here so okay <laughs> introducing the shootout so now lindy ruff he's the coach of buffalo at the time so lindy yeah. ruff is like calling out the shooters so he has to call out three guys so the guys know who, who's going so he's like a finneganoff drury mcmorrow right so i'm like what like he's <laughs> picking me as a shooter right so mm-hmm. so i was the third shooter i'm going down you know who the goldie was for toronto ed belfort man <laughs> eddie the oh, eagle man yeah yeah, bro. I grew up watching Eddie the Eagle yeah. on Chicago, yeah. like as far back as the Blackhawks, man. Yeah. Right. And so, man, I, I'm like, man, I'm thinking to myself, just don't fall. Don't, <laughs> you know, just don't like get a shot off. What do you mean? There's 18,000 people. Fucking toe like, pick. <laughs> come on, man. It's my hometown. Like, bro, that's what I'm thinking about. I'm not even worried about if I score or not. I don't even care. Yeah. I'm just worried about getting down to the net. Right. So, so I get down there, you know, you have to like, you know, you have to do something. Right. So I make a little move, drop a shoulder and I decide, cause I had a pretty decent shot. You know what I mean? Even for like a fighter, tough guy, yeah. whatever forcer, I, I had a hard shot. Guys would compliment me. So yeah. I'm like, dude, I definitely have to shoot. That's my only chance of scoring. I'm not going to deke out Ed Belfour. Right. <laughs> so I get to the top of the circle and I just let it rip, man. And you know what happened? Bing! Right off the crossbar, man. Like, oh. I beat Ed Belfort, but yeah. it bing! Right off the crossbar. Oh. Right? Yeah, man. So, 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 and then that's a good showing, right? Like, mm-hmm. someone dings one off the crossbar, you know, he had the goalie beat. Like, yeah. you'd be like, yeah, man, good job, man. You know, you had him beat. You know, I just didn't go in, whatever, you know. Like, so I was happy with it, man. Mm-hmm. But, man, oh, was I ever nervous, man. Yeah, right. I couldn't believe Lindy Ruff. But obviously, he did it because it was my hometown. And, you know, I'd be able to tell 
you know, the story mm -hmm. 20 years later on an amazing podcast. And, you know, <laughs> that's awesome of, of freaking him to actually like think of that at that time. Like it's his yeah. hometown. Did it like, here, go. It's only exhibition. So who cares? Right. Exactly. Yeah, man. No, it was, it was totally super cool, man. If I ever run into him, I'll, I'll thank him. That's awesome, dude. Mm -hmm. that, that, that is, that is a cool moment in your life. You know what I mean? Like you, everybody, and you, and you know, it's preseason still, and everybody's watching still like it's hockey night in Canada. You know yeah, what I mean? Man. Yeah, hundred percent. People, are watching. people so, and, and the thing you is, got a billion eyes on you. <laughs> a billion and one. Yeah. I still would have totally dragged him. <laughs> if i could i would man trust me but, but you know sean like you were saying you know how how when you started skating you, you started out with one leg and push off push off push off right you know yep. so so i i used to do the same thing so my my right leg got so big that i could only turn right <laughs> only drag with my right foot my my other leg i, I just walk in circles all the time everywhere i go it's every that's funny, it's all, man. It's all I do. That's all I do, bro. <laughs> Very hot, man. Dude, um, I hear you though. I noticed too when you got when you started like in like AHL stuff like that. Um, you racked up some serious penalty minutes, man. Some serious like one uh, season you had like 34 games and you had like 180 something minutes or 190 something minutes. So like you fought everybody. Is there any, like, it, who was that one guy who you fought that, like, who gave you the best go? Not necessarily saying whooped your ass or this or that. Who gave you the best fight you've ever had? Well, I mean, it's easier to, to figure it out now because I, I'm able to talk about it with the platforms that, you know, that what we both have of us having our own shows, right? So, like, yeah. I've had some of my biggest rivals as my guests. Right, guys like Alex Penner, Weapon X, guys like Brandon Sugar Sugden, you know, like Sugden, he was my main rival for three straight seasons. My second, third, and fourth year pro when I played in Rochester, Rochester and Syracuse, probably the biggest rivalry in the AHL, at least in the East Division. Mm -hmm. And man, Sugden, best technical fighter in my opinion ever, right? And it, he was a guy that I was just like, man, like, like you just can't take a night off, like against a guy like that. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. it, it's all out, man. You have to be, you have to be on point on every single level when you fight a guy like sugar and man, it was hard because we seemed like we were playing them every other game. Cause you play more teams, the teams that are closest to you in the AHL, you play the most, like mm -hmm. it's not really even how they do it. And that's just, you know, for teams to save money and stuff like that. So it's understandable. Yeah. But, man, if you're if that team that you play a lot has a guy like Sugden as, as the tough guy, man, it's a hard task. But but part of it, that's part of it. Like, I love the battle, the battle of the combat, too. So mm -hmm. it was an honor to have a guy that was so skilled as a fighter as Sugden to have to fight all the time. It obviously made me a better fighter because, you know, yeah. you obviously – you know, the, the level that you're, you know, playing with or against, you know, it like improves your level, right? If it's higher than yours at the time. And, mm -hmm. you know, Sugden's four years older than me, um, you know, at that point of our careers, he was, he was definitely a better overall fighter and he made me a better overall fighter as be, being a younger guy. So mm -hmm. that was an extended answer to the question. <laughs> that was a but, perfect answer though. But yeah, man, 
uh, Brandon Sugar Sugden, he was the guy that 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 knocked me the most for three years in a row. Jesus. Tough way, <laughs> tough way to yeah, make man. a living, man. <laughs> yeah, every time he moves a camera, I think I'm on an episode of Cribs or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like I as I was mentioning before, like us having these shows like gives us opportunities to, to, to do things that normally we wouldn't have done. And, you know, another one is, you know, I do my show from my mother's house in Scarborough. Right. So mm-hmm. um, that gives me an opportunity to, you know, have dinner with them, see my mom, you know, she's kind of a part of the show because a lot of everyone that are guests on my show, have a part of my career. Like they're a part of my story. Right. So mm-hmm. my mom was in that story the whole time. And, you know, I like our parents are our biggest supporters in my case, my mom, hundred mm-hmm. percent, biggest supporter of mine wouldn't have been able to do anything without her man and all the highs all the lows and and yeah man it was so i get to see her two three times a week more than i did before because because that's how that's how busy we are with our show so awesome um it's definitely a blessing that's great that that is awesome and you know what like i said before here's the mom's for all the shit they put up with us and all the all the nasty stuff they have to deal especially yeah. like you know you're washing washing your dirty underwear and stuff like that you know? like, come on so they don't, they don't deserve I, that i i got a question now i'm not i'm not saying like like anything bad or negative or anything but the upside down toronto maple leaf sign that i keep seeing in rob's background yeah right yeah, what's the story behind that? Like, like I'm, I'm just curious. Like, I keep yep. looking so, at it. So you know, you know about the the flags. If your if your flag is upside down, that's a country in distraught. Like, there's, there's, <laughs> there's something yeah. out there. Yeah, there's something man. Going on something. Okay. Back. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. So, I I hear you. That's where I'm at. I hear you, man. <laughs> and you know what? I'm a big Leaf fan too, man. Right? I'm a Toronto I, I got, boy. I got the I got the winning. 67 uh team here <laughs> you know that was the last time we won I, I wasn't even alive yet i'm 52 years old this is where i'm at <laughs> yeah man well okay l- let me add to this a little bit so first off i want to talk about game seven toronto against montreal now toronto's up three to one in the series it's such a disappointment that it's come to a game seven, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think like most of us, like I'm saying awesome, assuming that you guys like the Leafs, um, you know, we're, we're just like, okay, like, yeah, they're going to definitely win tonight. Like, <laughs> you know, but we also said that in game six, we also said that in game five, right? Mm-hmm. So now we're just like, yeah, I don't know, for sure. For sure they got it, man. Matthews, Murray, Columbia, they got it. Man, let me tell you something, man. I have had summer shinny Mm -hmm. like like matches that were more intense than that game seven that toronto played like that was completely unacceptable in my opinion i was so disappointed i couldn't believe it and like they brought in guys like wayne you know smoking joe and, and they did a good job making the team tougher and having more character, but they weren't getting the ice time in the playoffs. So it didn't even matter anyway mm-hmm. about, about those guys that they added. Yeah. The, the Leafs core were way too soft, man. I hope they all had personal trainers that made them box or they did something to toughen them up because the stick checking and all this, this crap 
that that mm -hmm. Toronto elite players were doing in the playoffs and got them eliminated early, man, like they, they got to bounce back and, and do something this year yeah. because, you know, it, it looks like a lot of them are coming back and, and, you know, like it's, it, it just, it, they should have won. They could have won, man. Montreal made it to the finals, man. Mm -hmm. Montreal almost um, won. What do, you, what do you, what do you think about Toronto letting uh, Hyman go? It, uh, that's another big disappointment. I mean, that was a guy that was, Oh, it was really like a really important part of the team, and they just let him go, man. Like, yeah, they, you know, when, when, when Kyle Dubas talked about core, I considered Zach Hyman core. Oh, he yeah, was, he was part of that core. Now, here's a fun, here's an interesting stat that nobody has won a Stanley Cup with a $10 million player on it, and guess what? Toronto's got four. <laughs> Now, I heard that stat. That's that's very interesting. It's very interesting. But, like, I mean, players weren't making $10 million for, for, for a long time either, right? So it's, it's kind of a mixed stat. It, mm -hmm. It's a short time stat that's based on a shorter time, right? So mm -hmm. maybe, like, you never know. Like, in the next couple of years, like, there could be back-to-back. Right. And then if it was only based on five or six years, th then it wouldn't be too bad. So I don't really look th that much into that stat, especially because Carey Price almost proved it wrong this year as well. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but man, speaking of Carey Price, like, like, like I know we're jumping all over the place, gentlemen, but those are what <laughs> the, all good. that's what the best podcasts are though, my man, no one really knows. It's always <laughs> the unknown, man. It's yeah. just what happens at the time. Right. <laughs> but man, what about Seattle not picking price? I know. Like, man, wouldn't you just go all in on that? It's a generational goal. Hundred percent. Who cares, who cares about the cap with that kind of stuff? Right. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. You could you could have put him on a shelf for a while and let him get all nice and healthy. Brought yeah, him like brought yeah. him back in in the playoffs, and you it doesn't even cost us a salary cap hit. Yeah, but his thing though, he's doing oh, really? big bonuses yeah. though, like huge bonuses. I think that's another thing that he's also, made a like, bazillion dollars. Like um, seriously, <laughs> <laughs> off, and, off and, his jerseys alone. Think about it. Every everybody in Montreal loves Carey Price, mm -hmm. except when he lets a goal in. <laughs> yeah, no, he he's definitely the king of that city. I I lived, I had the chance to live in that city for a few years. And man, the Montreal Canadiens are are literally like, like I know, like you hear, like people say, oh, like yeah, the players are treated like gods, but I'm telling you guys, man, they really are treated yeah. like gods. Yeah. They really are, man. Any restaurant, any place, anywhere, there's no hesitation. They're so recognizable within that Ile de Montréal, mm -hmm. within that island, man. They're so recognizable that they can do whatever they want, but there's pros and cons to that as well, mm -hmm. as we all know. Um, Sean, if you don't mind, like in uh, 2012 to 2014, you were out of the game for a little bit because actually you were in jail. So yeah. one of the things I kind of wanted to know, if you don't mind just kind of letting us, like it doesn't have to be in full detail, whatever you want, but let's kind of like fill us in as to what happened and also yeah. – how hard was it to come back being out of the game for that long? Yeah. Well, I mean, 
up until probably this year, I hadn't really talked about that a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And and the reason being, guys, is like, I mean, anybody that kind of you know has the experience of of having to do some jail time, I mean, like like the the natural thing is, you know, to try to put it behind you and you know and move on and and so far and keep it positive and 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 yes, that's all true, right? But for those of us like myself that want to be public people, mm-hmm. for those of us, sorry <laughs> about that, guys. <laughs> for, for for those of us that that want to be in the public eye, they have to make it a part of their story, which I've accepted and I've completely embraced. Mm-hmm. Now, the unfortunate thing is that. So that's one part of it, right, guys? So like, that's one part of it. But like, the other part of it is, it's just a wild story, period. Yeah. And like, me being like, a pretty open guy, like, I mean, when I hear things, if I hear like a crazy story, like, nothing would really truly surprises me like anymore. Like, you know, people talk about, you know, like crazy stories, like even stuff about aliens or, or, or like whatever, like, mm-hmm. like, like you have to keep an open mind now. You can't just be like, Oh no, no, this is how it is. Like no one really yeah. knows how it is, man. We all learn from our experiences and what, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. Right, mm-hmm. man. I, I'm going to give you guys the short, the shorter version, but I have no problem, no problem because it's, it's, it's important for me to talk about it and let people know what happened because like I said, I need to own this and let it be a part of my story. If I plan on being a, a, a sports broadcaster, if I plan on being a big, a big personality on television, which that's what I want to do guys. Right. Mm-hmm. So I need to talk about this and let people know what happened because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of, there's, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's more than one article online that that's really shitty article, dude, for Sean yeah. McMorrow. It's mm-hmm. really shitty. And, and the reason why it's shitty is because I signed a plea agreement in that case, right? I was convinced by my very high-priced attorney that I should plead guilty because the case was bogus. It was a publicity stunt by the U.S. Attorney's Office. Um, There wasn't any physical evidence against me. What it was was it was a conspiracy marijuana charge, right? And And so it was... Two of my friends that I that well I thought were my friends, they were guys that I used to go to after games to buy my my, my pot my weed right yeah. Yeah. and I mean it's funny now like because it's like legal like where we are and yeah you know and and it's but but back then it wasn't and and back then this was and this is also in the United States which is Ooh, you know yeah. like a lot different from Canada right yeah. so this is when I was in Rochester New York. And it was based on my second and third year. And so these were guys, they were buddies of mine. I could go over there. I could smoke my joints. I could feel comfortable. Um, As an athlete, you always kind of feel that you're being protected because there's a lot of people that, that, you know, they're giving you attention because you're on the team. You know, that if you weren't on that team, they probably wouldn't care anything about what you had to say or do or anything, but because you're on this 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 team that's put on this platform then all of a sudden you're important right yeah so you feel this as an athlete but what comes with it is you feel like like let's say 
people came in like like you're in a bar and people came in to rob the bar yeah. you feel as an athlete that these people that are making a big deal about you that they're going to protect you they're going to be like hey come on come with me get out of here let's you know what i mean like like you feel that you're protected so so as a 21 22 year old guy these guys were about 10 years older than me right and I was like, man, you know, this is so cool. These guys, man, they're so nice to me. I'm able to be, feel like I'm protected. I'm able to smoke my joints because I like to smoke marijuana. Yeah, but it's not, really, it's not really accepted in, in all circles, especially at this time. So it kind of had to be kind of like a secret, right? So yeah. that's what I did, man. And, and, and this is where I was involved. And this is where I have to own it. So it came to a point where my buddy was kind of like, like Sean, like, would you be in a situation where you'd be able to kind of like lend me like $2,500? And if you're able to do that on a Friday, then by Monday, I could give you five grand because you did that. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, okay, this is my buddy. I obviously know he's doing something with it, but mm -hmm. I just don't care, man. Like, it's not, I, I don't, I like, I'm not being told, you know, people are, being hurt and stuff if you do this like you know nothing yeah. like that right so just like you know we're kids man it's university age rochester was a huge university town so it was yeah. like i was in university you know what i mean and and let's say i was like a fraternity boy and had a big allowance came from a wealthy family like trust me these guys are gambling and stuff in these universities doing all this crazy stuff you know i was giving my buddy you know, money, man. So he can re up on his, on his marijuana, man. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, that's what I did, man. You know <laughs> what I mean? And so I did it probably about 10 or 12 times. Mm -hmm. Right. And so two years later, like, so, and then the other thing with athletes is we play in these cities. I was blessed with being able to play in a city for four straight years. It's very yeah. uncommon for someone to be able to do that if they're not in the NHL, right? Because yeah. you're bouncing around if you're in the AHL on the coast. Like you're doing what you can to make the big club, big the big league. So, mm -hmm. you know, you don't stay in one spot for a long time, but I was able to do that. I had like a career there. I knew a lot of people, you know, won multiple awards. Like it was, it was great. Like I had a great life experience in Rochester, New York. The, 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 but the bad experience is what came out of this case. And that was the only bad experience that I ever had. And the case was really like, so two years later, these two guys, same two guys, um, I hadn't talked to them in a couple of years because I had moved on. I was, you know, living in a different part of the country, playing for a different team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, kind of, you kind of lose contact with, with some people and, you know, and, and these guys were, were, were in that group. So they're in a, they're in a lot of shit. They get pulled over. They're in a car where they have like a, like a weapon. There's like a firearm. Um, there's marijuana, there's a bunch of money, I don't know, maybe a little bit of Coke or, you know, this is a really bad situation. They're in like a stolen rental car and they're across state lines, which is a Ooh. really big deal in the States. Yeah, It's like a lot worse if you go across the state line with whatever yeah. you're doing. You know what I mean? So they had all this stuff against them. So, so there's like three or four of them in the car. Two of the guys were my buddies that you know, that I was explaining, you know, what, what I would do. Can you guys still see me properly? The screen has changed for me. Okay, cool. So, so they, they're, they're in shit. They, they get pulled over. Everyone's arrested. They're in holding cells and, you know, and then, so my one buddy after a couple hours says, okay, I'm ready to talk now. Right. They, they all weren't saying anything when they got arrested or whatever. And, and so my one buddy's like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to talk. So he comes up with this idea where 
he's like, you know what, like, you know, that, that's, that stuff we used to do with Sean, like he used to give us that money. Like, like maybe I can just say like that, you know, he was part of like our operation. And then maybe if I do that, you know, I can get myself out of trouble with this situation. And, you know, so he's probably he's thinking all this stuff. And the reason why I'm saying all this stuff, because I was able to see all the disclosure. I was able to read like how this all came about. Mm-hmm. So my one buddy goes out and he's like, he's, I'm willing, I'm ready to talk. And he's like, um, so I'm willing to talk about an operation um, that was marijuana coming in from Canada to the U.S. where an NHL hockey player was was the kingpin. He was the leader of, of, of the operation. And I'm willing to talk about it. If you guys can, you know, help me with this situation. I know I'm in a lot of shit here. Like, you know what I mean? So, so the cops are hearing this and they're like, all right, well, you know, we're, we'll call, you know, the local FBI office, see if that is any inter- of interest to them. And, you know, if it is, then, then yeah, maybe you, maybe you guys, maybe you can help yourself out with this. So, so they put a call into the, apparently they put this call into the FBI office. FBI office is like, yeah, we're on it. Uh-huh. Tell them we'll give them a deal. Let's, we want to talk to them, right? NHL hockey player, black NHL hockey player. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo, right? And like, obviously I'm being sarcastic, but that's okay. just the world we live in, gentlemen. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, man, I'll tell you what, man. It, like, this was like, it was like a Hollywood movie, man. Every single member of that U.S. attorney's office, like that was part of like the prosecution team, they all got promotions, okay? My lawyer got paid, man. He, 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 he secured the, as they say, he secured the bag, right? Because not only was he had a $50,000 retainer, but he also like finagled like money kind of towards the end where he was like, you know, I, I got to use like a private investigator for this, that, the other. And, you know, we have to do this because it's, it's important for Sean. And you know what I mean? Like he's telling my family this. So like we had to cough up like another 10, 15 grand, like, like right before, like it was so bizarre. And my case was, so what they did was they, they charged me with, it, it was the minimal requirements for a federal indictment. That's the proper wording for it. So they charged me, like they, so they, they made up the, the story of what, what they were going to come up with. And, but they knew that they didn't really have anything, but they're like, okay, we'll just charge them with the minimal requirements for the federal indictment. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, and I'm smiling when I'm saying this is because it took a long time for me to get over all this. Mm-hmm. So when I explain it, it's just, it's funny because it is funny, man. It's, it's just unfortunate that I'm talking about myself. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the crazy thing. So the second point is the U S has a rule with drug, any drug case, but a, especially a conspiracy case where there's a five year statute of limitations. So they have to charge you within five years of whenever you did your, your thing. Okay. So they said that the indictment came four years, 11 months and 30 days from the last known conspiracy. Right. So like that, so, so that's, I, I, I found that that was pretty interesting as well. Right. Yeah. And then, and then again, in the U S people need to know, that the reason why you hear the term, you know, a broken American justice system is, beca- is mostly because of the, the new conspiracy charge that, that the U.S. government came up with. 
And they came up with it because when the five families in New York were just doing their thing with the organized crime, right? And then you got guys like John Gotti that are just laughing in front of the camera with his arm around his attorney saying, my attorney is the best attorney in the world. And I know you guys have seen this footage, right? Mm -hmm. So what it was, was this guy would go to court and, and the, the FBI would never be able to convict him because he was never close enough to any of the crimes. They knew he was doing it, but they just couldn't get him in court. So they came up with this new thing called the conspiracy charge. So what the conspiracy charge is, is instead of it being racketeering or intimidation or you know murder or whatever, it's conspiracy racketeering, conspiracy uh, intimidation. So what it is, is they don't need any physical evidence to convict you, but what they do need is more than one person to testify that you were part of the conspiracy. Awesome. And that's all they need, man. And then once they have that, so they, they can get the two rats to do it for whatever reason they're doing it for. For my mm -hmm. buddies, it was to get them out of a really bad stop that they were in, okay? Yeah. All they need to do is, okay, so now, did I talk to my buddies on the phone? Yes, they got a lot of call records, like the phone records, uh, times, then they could like compare it to times where, where marijuana was delivered. And if I had called that day and, and it's really weak, bizarre stuff, but yeah. it's good enough for a conspiracy charge. So what I was facing was two counts that were five-year minimums. So if I took it to, to trial and I had lost, going to jail for 10 years yeah wasn't really willing to kind of take those risks like I, I i'm a confident guy man like i don't really want to take those risks right yeah so my lawyer's like look you're not going to go to jail you just got to plead guilty dude no one wants to go to trial they all know this was a long time ago they know all the things you've done since that all these community awards man of the years yeah you know what i mean this was the and the, the case was 2003 to 2005 the court, like you mentioned, was 2012, right, guys? So, yeah. like, even if I was like, yeah, I did it, I did everything, it was seven years after the fact. Like, you know what I mean? And we're talking marijuana here. Like, yeah, that's not you know right. what I mean? It was very weak. And, and then so, so on sentencing day, like, I was in, in, in the frame of mind where, like, like you have to understand, like, I, I hear I have a high-priced uh, U.S. attorney saying, defense attorney saying dude you're not going to jail so i'm gonna believe the guy i'm in his office he's like you're not going you know it's just it's just not gonna happen so we're gonna plead guilty and even if the judge gives you six months because you're an international this it's still considered probation and you still don't go to jail so i'm thinking like even if the judge gives me a little bit of time i still don't have to go right mm -hmm. i'm having guys like i have a lot of aunts and uncles that are really prominent people like, they did very well in their careers and, and in their lives and you know so i got like my uncles coming up to me and they're like you know putting their arm around me being like sean you know what we're so glad this day has come like this is finally going to be over you know like <laughs> i you've been through enough because like i got indicted in 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 2012 mm -hmm. but but i but i but but, but it was two years like from from the indictment to the sentencing there was two years like there was two seasons right and so so like it, it was a long time that i had to go through court and everything and, and my fat so i had a big party planned in toronto like for that evening 
I had 25 family members in the courtroom. I was engaged to a girl from Rochester, New York, right? So all of her family's there. We're all planning to go back to Toronto. This is finally going to be over. Yeah. And now, so then, so the prosecutor talks, then, then the defense, oh no, sorry. The defense talks first, prosecutor gets to go last. And then, you know, the defendant gets to speak on their behalf if they choose to. And, you know, you you damn well, I chose to talk. You guys know I'm a talker. Mm-hmm. guys haven't even been able to get a word in on the talk <laughs> when did you start that <laughs> i don't know man i didn't even know how to talk i just started talking today so so yeah man so so then the judge the judge says his thing and then like to be honest guys like i didn't really think anything bad was going to happen until the part of the speech where the judge used the word liberty because he's like i know it's been a long time since this happened and You've done so many good things because I had so many character reference letters, every coach, every GM I've ever had, like, you know, Randy Cunningworth, the coach of the Rochester Americans, all the Buffalo Sabres brass. Everybody was supporting me, man. I had a judge that was a Jesuit Christian. Jesuit Christians are supposed to be about redemption and second chances. And you know what I mean? And like, I've never gotten in trouble ever. You know what I mean? This was the only thing that I'm being accused of ever in my life, man. I've had a squeaky clean record, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like I did, I, I did, was raised very well. Like, you know what I mean? I come from a very good family. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had a lot of support, man. And that judge, he goes, yeah, long time ago, this, that, the other, but the only way that one could really learn from his mistakes is his Liberty. Like he said something like that. And I'm like, as soon as he said that, I'm like thinking, I'm like, this guy is going to send me to jail today. Like, is this guy going to do this? I'm like, no, he's not going to do it, is he? Right? And I'm listening to this, and it's, it's like a dream. It's like a movie. And then, and then how it ended was like a scary movie because, like, the words that he said is he's like, I hereby sentence you to the Federal Bureau of Prisons for a term of 24 months. Right? And then, so the first thing I thought when he said it is I'm like, I'm like, 24 months. I'm like, that's two years, yeah. right? And like, it's, it sounds stupid me saying that, yeah. but like, but that's where I was at. I'm like, that's two years. And then like, and then, and then I kind of like, I didn't like faint, but I just, I kind of like almost like fell over. Like, I was just kind of like, like, what is going on here? Man? We're just yeah. going to a party. We're supposed to leave. No, why, why am I going the other way? Like, like, I couldn't believe it. And then, and then the, the wildest thing about it, guys, is that, is that like someone in my position that where they're a first time offender, they don't have any violence or weapons in their case. Like, like, like they can negotiate if, if they know they're going to be sentenced to a little bit of time. Like if they think they're going to get like six months or a year, like you're, there's such a thing called as a self surrender where you're like, if you know, you're getting time, your lawyer can negotiate that. If you're, if you're, if you're sentenced to time that you're, you don't have to go to jail right away. You're able to go back home take care of your affairs. You're usually given about 30 days. And then your family is able to drive you to the institution. So you're able to skip the part where you have to be classified and and you're in like an institution with all these crazy people because they're classifying you. And then boom, okay, yeah, Sean gets to go to the minimal security camp because his 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 case is a joke and and there's no like violence or weapons. So, So yeah, I went to the lowest of the lowest of the lowest securities they call it a camp um it was mostly guys that did like tax stuff or 
or guys that did fraud and yeah no one you know, really like yeah, conspiracy yeah. charges like myself like yeah stuff like that you know what i mean and and what did i do when i was there guys like i i made the best of the time um i never we, we talked about all the ohl teams i played for like so obviously every time i got traded i had to switch high schools too right so like i never got my high school degree like when i was 18 and i went on to play pro and and i never finished i was two credits short and so you know you you, you better you better bet on i got my my high school when i was at moshana valley correction center um i ended up getting my ged for you bro Mm -hmm. um then i ended up teaching the ged because you have to have a job there right so i ended up being a teacher and teaching the ged um then i moved on and and started teaching an exercise class i took a lot of business courses um they said they were college level um i learned a lot of things man but one of the biggest things that i learned is i learned who i was because through a class called paradigm thinking which is a class that has a lot of cognitive um ways of of thinking and stuff like that um, I was able to find what my true values were, uh, what my life purpose was, and what the true meaning of success is, right? And a lot of people think that success is, you know, having a big car and a, a big fancy house and a, and a nice car and, and, you know, like a hot wife and stuff like that. But, but what success really is, guys, is, you know, living in the here and now, being present and, 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 and living out what your life purpose is, okay? Mm -hmm. And if you're doing those three things, then that is what success is because then you're going to be happy. And that's what I really learned when I was there. I, I really learned who Sean McMorrow was. I learned why I like doing all the public appearances, why I liked going into the schools and hospitals and speaking to the big crowds and being in front of the camera like I am with you guys right now. It's because that's what my passion is. I'm passionate about those things. And that's why I want to get into sports broadcasting and be a part of sports on the other level because I'm passionate about it, guys. Yeah. That's why I love doing my show. That's why I love being on your show, yeah. right? Because I love doing it, right? And that's, I really learned who I was. And when I got out of there, it took me a while to kind of like, you know, get back into society and stuff like that. But I was able to get right back into hockey. Um, I was in phenomenal shape. Because, I mean, I had to do 20 straight months, right, guys? And yeah. I didn't have one cigarette. I didn't have one sip of alcohol. You know what I mean? I didn't, didn't, didn't do any drugs. Um, you know, I pretty much improved my body. It was in phenomenal shape. And then, you know, when you get back on the ice from playing 10-plus years pro already, I mean, you're so excited to get back out there. You're like a kid back in the playground, man. Like, <laughs> so, so it was... It was it was quite the experience, man. But but doing those laps around the ice when I when I first got back out there, like you know, like a lot of a lot of guys are are embarrassed to show their emotions and stuff. But I'll tell you what, man, this guy right here, I'm one of the most emotional guys you'll ever meet, man. I I, I the tears were flying around, bro, when I was doing those laps. Like like I really felt back at home. Like like once I was able to get back on the ice, and then my team was so supportive. Um, in that Quebec league where I ended up, where I finished off my career, my team was so supportive that, that it was like, I like came back to my, to my second family. Like when I, when I came back, you know what I mean? Yeah. And when I got out, it was like February. Right. So it was kind of like towards the end of the regular season. And I remember they, they had me come up for a weekend and I actually went up with, with Alex Penner, weapon X, cause he was playing for the team that year. And so, so they were they were flying him in every weekend, but that weekend we drove up so so I could hang out with him and um, you know got to watch the games and 
and, and got to see, you know, like, like, like life really does have second chances. If you're willing to, if you're willing to, you know, like own what you've done and learn from your mistakes. I mean, you're telling me that any company can't overlook, you know, going through an experience where you're able to improve your life and, you know, cho choose the route of being better instead of getting worse. Like a lot of people do when they go through things like that. Um, then I think there'd be something wrong with that company if they weren't able to overlook that, if you're willing to own everything that you've done and, and learn from your experiences. So, I mean, that's, that's the, the gamble that I'm going to take guys. Um, I'm going the route of owning what I've done, telling my story and, you know, having faith that people can, cannot look at me different because I've had that experience. And, you know, a man's I've judged on his experiences, man. So, you know, I, I think that I made the best of it. And I think that I may have improved myself because of it. So mm -hmm. that's, that is a lot of detail that I told you guys <laughs> for a short story. That is a fucking <laughs> insane story though, dude. That's no, nuts. yeah, man. Yeah. Holy fuck though. And dude, I know gonna... that we have, I know that we have to talk about it. Right. Yeah. I also know that I've killed your zoom time. <laughs> dude, don't worry about it. We were on, unlimited rob do you have anything else for him because we're gonna have to do part freaking two with him it, is that what we're gonna do that because i, yeah. that, I, cool I would love coming to do back that. on the show dude, dude i uh, yeah man because we haven't even actually three. got into your nhl yeah, we haven't even got really into the know, hockey man. we've been over an hour we haven't <laughs> so even got into really the like lnh or anything bro i know i know so rob. okay so yeah so let's do that guys let's do a part two i'm rob sorry for sure. all the extra oh you're all good man that's this is why we got you after school specials yeah it was an awesome story and i'm so happy that you got to get out what you needed to get out mm -hmm. and you know what it would make a great movie i'll tell you that right yeah, now well i mean there is something in the works right now i'm i i threw the podcast again i was able to connect with a great gentleman named ryan phillips who's out in in van city on the west coast mm -hmm. a shout out to ryan phillips um he's actually um, he has had a documentary on National Geographic and, you know, the guy, wow. the people that did the, the documentary, which is incredible. You guys should check it out. Just if you YouTube, Brian Phillips, National Geographic documentary, um, you know, he, he, it was, it was a really good piece and they're interested in my story and, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're trying to get something done there, but I mean, it's not really about, that's not really what it's all about, but I really want to do get my story out there because mm -hmm. I do believe that it's a strong message and, and that people can really learn from, from my experiences and situations. Crazy man. And, and don't trust anybody. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Man. Family, don't trust them. Oh Jeez, man. That's not so man. It was, I, I'm telling you, man, it took a long time to accept, man. Like mm -hmm. it, it took a while to like, you know, but you know what? Like it, it's like they said, things that don't kill you make you stronger, man. So you exactly. just yeah, you have to you have to look at it like that, especially for those mm -hmm. those situations. Rob, do you <clears throat> part two, we'll just pick up right from here. I was just yeah, gonna man. say, do you have anything else? Explode. Yeah, Rob, do you have anything else for him that you want to ask him? Oh, this time I loved every minute go? of it, though. I loved every minute, and I really you're, appreciate you're a character, buddy. coming on there, Sean. And uh, I wish you the best success in your. Uh, your podcast and uh hopefully you keep listening to us but i didn't know about yours and i will start listening to yours yeah please yeah. please do man please yep. do and and you know what we're gonna have to do some cross promotion man i'd love to get you guys sure. on our pod 
for we, sure. That'd be great. Yeah, you Sean, I, something like that. I just want to say thank you, man. I wish your pod all the best. I'm definitely going to be locked in on it now. We're definitely going to have to do that. Awesome, and, buddy. Uh, yeah. So part so, two is so a must. Danny, yeah. So yeah, part two is definitely a must. So Danny, right. you know, obviously he's my brother-in-law, but he's also like the main business guy too. So, okay. so like he, he probably like, obviously I do the shows, but I'm working full time. He is a stay at home dad, minding my two nieces. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Yeah. So he has a lot of time to do the podcast while, while he's watching them, he can work on stuff. So, so yeah, he's the best guy to message. I, I that's how you guys like are connected, right? You guys yeah, are talking. I've been, shoot, I've been shooting shit with him for a week. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Just keep him going, bro. He's a great guy. And honestly, bro, he'll, he'll, he'll like we, we, but he will help you with anything then. Mm-hmm. So, so, so it, like if he's, if he, if he's engaging, just keep engaging with him, bro. Cause yeah. I'm telling you that he, he has, he, everything good comes out with Danny's sure. a part of it. And also I told him too, I'm going to send you guys out some merch some of our merch I'm oh gonna- dude yeah dude i will promote that so much man i love that stuff man that's so, so awesome but i'll yeah, make sure i, I will it. probably have it out by the end of the week unreal bro i'll right. i'll wear it i'll wear it with pride man beautiful all right man thank you so much have a great night guys all right Thanks, buddy. Sean. really appreciate it buddy See you, take bro. care guys and there he is folks the sheriff, Sean McMorrow, what an interview that was, dude, that jail thing, man. I was like, I'll be honest with you. I was nervous asking him because I, uh, man, like, that, that was crazy. I, I, especially how, um, you know, these guys fucking hosed him and, mm. you know, he's one of the toughest guys that ever play the fucking game. Yeah. And wouldn't you be afraid that he's going to come find you? Mm-hmm. that's what i would be yeah. afraid of dude that lindy rough story was awesome too the like oh. uh shootout thing there that was awesome too man so big like shout that. out to the sheriff sean mcmorrow and his boys over there at the show the sheriff podcast you guys can check them out you they're on all social media platforms um you can download his podcast anywhere just like us we're probably going to do some more stuff with 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 sean down the road so definitely be a part two to that yeah you're definitely going to see him on the show again he's already agreed to do he's already agreed to do it so big shout out to sean you can catch him anywhere and uh thanks again my friend so rob you had that's uh we that's two nhlers we've had on here that live with their moms <laughs> <laughs> fucking guy always got to dig him with Sean and Scotty. <laughs> yeah. that's so funny um so you said there was a bunch of like free agents that are still available like there's some big names on the list still you said right yeah there is like there's there's a bunch of ufa still left out no. like who no. so uh there's uh tyler bozak like great how Saturday. How? I have no idea. Like, I don't understand. I maybe really a lot. Don't. Maybe a lot of teams are in cap crunch because it's a flat cap. I don't know. Well, he's an unrestricted free agent, so mm. you can negotiate a contract with him. Yeah, I'm sure he. You know what I mean? I don't think he's going to play for you know uh, league minimum thousand, but yeah. whatever. But you got uh, Derek Broussard still. 
Volterio Philpola. Oh, freaking Philpola is still available, eh? Riley Shan. Oh, Riley Shahan. Shahan. Yeah, former Red Wing. Uh, Eric Stahl. Yeah. They're saying that Stahl's probably going to sign again in uh, Montreal. They're thinking that that might happen again. He's either going to Montreal or back to Carolina, they were saying, on Stahl. Really? Yep. Go ahead, though. Keep going. Uh, Mark Janikowski? I don't know. <laughs> I just love hearing you trying to say these names. Dash four. <laughs> All right, I'll just go with the names I know. Uh, Luke, uh, Lucas Walmart. Isn't uh, Chara still available? You let me go through it. Oh, sorry, man. I just thought of him, though. Travis Sajak? Yeah, like, what the fuck? Like, I... The list goes I on. So, so the, the, those are all centers. That's just centermen. Yeah. So Easy. your wingers are... Uh, Alex Chason, Chason, yeah, yeah. former Oiler, yep. Ryan Donato, yep. <laughs> I think so. I don't know. Tyler Ennis, yeah. Patrick Marlowe, he's still James not signed. Marlowe's still not signed, eh? Nope. James Ooh. Neal, yeah. His numbers went way down though. Zach Parisi. They're talking that he was might be uh fuck where, where was he linked to again? He was linked to like LA or something like that. Okay. Not sure Bobby, though. He Bobby Ryan. I'm hoping he signs again with the wings. Any other three names I can't pronounce. <laughs> don't don't want to go dash five tonight. <laughs> Holy uh, shit. Defenseman. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Zdeno Chara. That's not Jordy Ben. Um, Even though, okay, let, let's take those, those, like those two, for instance, okay? Yep. Ben and Chara. They could go to a team like freaking, like, like Arizona or something and play where they have lots of cap space, where they would be able to afford them. They would get great weather and they can go there and work with a bunch of young kids, Arizona coming up in the next two years and rounds one and two, they have like 10 draft picks or eight or around there in the first two rounds next year. I think it's the next year and the year after they have like, they have like 10 picks in the first two rounds and the next few years are supposed to be some of the best draft classes ever coming up. So I don't that know would how be a you good know that because there's been no hockey. So like because I read a bunch of shit and I'm everywhere, bro. <laughs> uh I poop a lot, so you know I got lots uh, lot, lots of time to read. Eric Gustafson. Yeah. Uh nice Michael guy. Stone. And Sam Sam, what is it? Vatanen? Vatanen? Yeah, I think it's Vatanen, yeah. Vatanen? Yeah. Sammy Vatanen? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's big names, man. Like, it's crazy. Especially Z, because he's like a freak of nature, right? Like, he's a different breed, that guy. 
not just put him like on the penalty kill or you know what I mean? Like I, I don't know about the power play, but mm. like why 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 wouldn't Arizona pick him up just just for the penalty kill? Well, that's what I mean. Could you, you imagine the cross checks that he's giving you still? He could run your like, power play. For sure. Well, I, I don't know about the power. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it's what fucking you're Arizona, yeah. dude. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He could go there and run a power play. He used to do it in Boston when he was in his prime, no? So right? Listen, like, to the goalies. listen to the goalies that are still available. God. Devin Dubnik. Yeah, crazy. Marcus Holgeberg. Holgeberg? Holgeberg. I don't know who that is. I have no clue. What 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 team is it? I'm probably saying it wrong anyways. <laughs> uh Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, but they were saying he was up in the air because of that heart thing, right? Yep. Curtis McElhaney. Yeah, that one surprises me. Puka Rask. He's out till at least uh, January. Yep. And Corey Schneider. Mm. Yeah, that's nuts, man. Well, Schneider. Eh. Okay, but if you pick up if you pick up Tuka Rask, right? He's not on the books until he comes onto the ice right Correct. yes because he would be long-term ir so i don't think right. he would he would count against the cap until he comes back but i think right. he's a pretty i think he's a heavy hit though like i think he might be a six or seven million dollar hit no they're unrestricted free agents so you just got to sign them to whatever yeah, I know. you want yeah i know but i mean when you sign him then when he plays and everything you six million dollars you still have to pay him yeah. No, but that's just but what he was what he was at. So I don't know what it, what the going rate would be when it for. They're saying that you're he might just on this list. You're not worth what you yeah. were. They're saying he might just or call. You're it asking quit. too much, and you're not getting what you want. Well, that's why they brought in. Uh, they brought in another goalie there in Boston just because they didn't know what the like situation was going to be with Rask because he right. had to have like surgery, and they're saying that he's out till at least January. So it's long term, right? So that's the thing, and his 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 age yeah. doesn't help as well that's either, right? Your playoffs, like you're 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 making a push for the playoffs in January. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like things, shit's you starting to get that fucked. much hockey. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Shit's getting serious in January. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. But Curtis McElhaney, like, I don't know. He could be a great fucking backup for for someone. You want to know where he would be good at? Is like go to like chicago team up with like with like mark andre Fleury or something like that i don't know who they have there as a backup in chicago don't get me wrong i don't follow the, the hawks that much but i just look and i follow all the big guys right where was devin dubnik he was in minnesota i know i think he's played in arizona i think he's played in minnesota um i know he's played like there for minnesota was the last team he played at i think so I know who he was there for a long time. Hmm. So it, it might've been, but like I said, I could be wrong on the Arizona thing too. I'm not sure, but I know he was in Minnesota for a fact. He was in Minnesota, like one hundo. So there, there's a lot of guys out there that, that are uh, quality players that uh, still aren't fine. Like I, I like um, Tyler Bozak. Like I can't believe that. Mm-hmm. I know that one surprises he, me he too. Was, he was a Peter Zezel of uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even him being a little older, like he's probably a little, he's probably a little older, right? So he'd be a nice, 
Oh yeah, but he'd be a nice like like third line center somewhere. For sure. For be sure. a perfect third line center somewhere. And that's like Z, like like you were saying too. Z would be a nice freaking bottom six guy for even a team that wants to make a push. Like it's a little bit of a veteran. Your seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's mm-hmm. up always in the booth. He's rested, rested. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I'm curious to see what guys will get signed. Cause did you know that there was almost a billion dollars spent on the first day of free agent frenzy? There was over 240 signings. There was over $900 million spent. <laughs> they said it was one of the busiest days ever. They said 240 signings. That's nuts, dude. Nuts. Man, I would have been, I would have been, bro, I would have been in the NHL if I didn't stand in the wrong line and ask to be this short. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Dude, did you see some of the deals? Like, hate to kind of change the topic here, but did you see some of the deals that the guys are signing in the NBA? I don't watch basketball. Like, because I said short, and you know, I don't watch basketball <laughs> because I'm short. Steph Curry makes $54 million a season. The whole Buffalo Sabres fucking payroll is $53 million. Oh, did you see that? uh, The 2022-23 season that the payroll is going to be $83 million, I think it said? Yeah, I think it it goes up like a mil and a half. It's going to be in the upper part of $83 million. Yeah. Yeah, I think it goes up like a million. Which is great for hockey, right? Yeah, that's another guy. Toronto could pay uh, five guys ten million dollars. <laughs> Never know if he if that one mil rounds it up. <laughs> that's crazy, man. All right, bro. You got anything else? Or are you good to go? No, that's it. I'm, I'm tapped out too, bro. Surprisingly, there's Scotch, kind of a lot Scotch, going on. I love Scotch. <laughs> Get Surprise- out of here but shockingly though for kind of an off week there was kind of a lot to talk about i was pretty well, good especially when you said it's a slow week before we got started yeah like i was pretty nuts also today i i, I didn't forget but i want to give a big shout out to my mom it's her birthday today on the day we're actually doing this it's monday the night so it's mama g's birthday so happy birthday mom we love you. Happy birthday, Mama G. You want to say yeah. happy birthday on the way out? No, I'm not. I'm happy not a good singer. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mama G. Happy birthday to you. There you go. A little birthday surprise from Rob, a little birthday singing. So happy birthday, mom. The, the shit you, that you endured <laughs> growing up with me and God bless you. God yeah, bless with me you. and Drew. Uh, we couldn't have anything nice in the house. Me and Drew fucking broke everything playing mini sticks. So. Now she has to put up with my shit too. Yeah. So yeah, gets just gets better. So on that note, I'm going to head out of here. Rob's going to head out of here until next week. Boys, we'll see you next week. See ya. Peace. Yeah, I can get behind it.